We're going to be looking at Galatians 6, 7, and 8, the passage that Jordan read a moment ago. We're glad that you're here. If you're visiting, as always, we invite you to come back and be with us. We're so grateful that you've chosen to come our way today. We invite you, if you're looking for a church home, as always, to consider the work here. We'd love to have you come and be a part of the family here at Olive Branch. I think it's a great church, and it's great because of the great people here. And we're very glad that we have such a mixture of folks, young and old, and we appreciate the opportunity to be together, to worship God, to serve in His kingdom. We're going to be looking today at Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 and 8, and we want to focus our minds for a moment or two on the theme today, you reap what you sow. Many of us, since childhood, have heard the words, you will reap what you sow. Is it true? I believe that it is. Listen, if you would, to what Paul said, beginning in verse 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. I want to talk today about this divine law of sowing and reaping. And there are three things I want to share with you that I believe relate to this divine law. First of all, I want to suggest that it is an indisputable law. Again, Paul said, whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. There is no way we can dispute this divine law. It is what it is. Now some might ask the question, what about the origin of this law? Who is the one that authored it, brought it into being. If you go back to Genesis chapter 1, you recall Moses talks about how God in heaven spoke the world into existence. It was God that made us in his own image and in his own likeness. In verse 11, we are introduced to the origin of the law of sowing and reaping. In the natural realm, God said that every seed would bear according to its kind. In other words, if you plant corn seed, then you will reap corn. You can't plant tomato seed and reap a stalk of corn or vice versa. It is a divine law of nature. Well, what about in the spiritual realm? Who authored that divine law. Well, again, God did. Because God said, whatever a man sows, that he will reap. Those who sow to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, and those who sow to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. So the origin of this law can be traced back to God in heaven. Well, what about the operation of this law? Do we see it at work today. I think there is evidence 
of this divine law. Let me just cite for you again Genesis chapter 1. In verse 12, Moses said that the grass, the herbs, that is, the plants, the trees, they brought forth according to their kind. It's the same today. And by the way, in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27, when God said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness, that law is also applicable in the physical realm. You can't take two monkeys and make a man, or vice versa, as some might want to say. No, every seed brings forth according to its kind. Now, this is true in the natural realm. It's true in the spiritual realm. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. In the book of Hosea, in chapter 4, Hosea said that God had a controversy with the inhabitants of the land. The reason, he said, is because there's no truth, nor mercy, nor knowledge of God in the land. And then he indicted them for their character. He said there is swearing and lying and killing and stealing. He said they break all restraint with bloodshed after bloodshed. Here were people that should have been knowledgeable in the law of God and yet because they had abdicated the will of God, the law of God in their lives, people were living in a state of anarchy. And so in verse 6, he said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. In chapter 8 at verse 7, here's what the prophet said. He said, they sow the wind and they reap the whirlwind. God's people were going into captivity. Why was that? Because they were sowing to the flesh. Because they chose to violate this law that is indisputable. Now, there's a second thing I want you to see in our study. Not only is the law of sowing and reaping an indisputable law, it is an indiscriminate law. Paul said, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that will he reap. First of all, I want to suggest to you, there are no exclusions. Listen, if you would, again, to what Paul said, whatever a man sows, that word man there, in the original is anthropos. And it means male or female. And what Paul is saying there is, this divine law is applicable to both males and females. There are no exclusions. It's applicable to those who are white, to those who are black. It is applicable to those who are rich and those who are poor. To those who have educated, who have been educated, and those who are uneducated. It is applicable to the entirety of the human race. There are, as Paul said, no exclusions to this law. It is true in the natural realm, the physical realm, and the spiritual realm. There is a second thing that I want you to see. Not only are there no exclusions, but there are also no exceptions. I know how people think, and you do as well. And there are always those that have the idea 
that they are the exception to the rule. You know what I'm talking about. And the idea is, it will never happen to me. I can do this, I can do that, I can say this, I can go here. It will never happen to me. There are folks that have the idea that they can live as they please, do as they please, and ultimately they are the exception to the rule. Now, I want you to listen again to what Paul said in verse 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. The idea is that there are some, the word mocked here means to turn the nose up. And what they're doing is, in scorn or derision, they're mocking God and saying, this law doesn't apply to me. Let me tell you what, this law does apply to you. It applies to me, it applies to all of us. Paul said, whatever you sow, you will reap. Now think about people in our world today and how they will often maybe subconsciously think to themselves, I can do this and get away with it. I am the exception to the rule. How many people, how many people last night got in an automobile tanked up on alcohol, and had the mindset, I can drink, I can drive, I won't have to worry about being pulled over by the law, I can get away with it. A lot of folks think that way. A lot of people get tanked up on alcohol, and in their, in their mind, in their heart of hearts, they say, I'll never have a wreck, I'll never have an accident. I'll tell you what, it happens all the time. Here's what the Bible says. Wine is a mocker. Strong drinking is raging. And whoever is deceived thereby is not wise. People fool themselves with the devil's brew. There are a lot of folks that have the idea, you know what, I can take a drink. I can have another drink. And it will never enslave me. And there are folks today that are alcoholics. Because in their mind, in their heart of hearts, what they were saying is, I'm the exception to the rule. The same is true with drugs. I know alcohol is a drug, but there are chemical substances. How many folks do you think smoke pot? And they say, you know what, just a little, just a little weed, it's not going to hurt anything. I mean, just, it's just a joint. And then before you know it, they've graduated to something else ecstasy, to crack, to meth, to heroin. You see, in, in their heart of hearts, they're saying, it'll never happen to me. I'm the exception to the rule. There are a lot of folks that are nothing more than drug addicts today. And I mean, their lives are in the tank because they thought, it'll never happen to me. And it did happen to them. It may be happening to you. Paul said, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. No exclusions. In Romans chapter 2, verse 11, Paul said, there is no partiality with God. 
Paul would reiterate that in Colossians chapter 3, verse 25. That there is no partiality, there is no respect of persons with God. We're all on the same plane here. And so, whatever we sow, that's what we're going to reap. Now I want to ask you a question. What are you sowing? What kind of seed are you sowing? I don't know much about agriculture. Matter of fact, I don't know anything about agriculture. I do know enough to know that it takes corn seed to make corn. It takes tomato seed to make a tomato. And so I get that. In the spiritual realm, I understand that whatever I sow, whether good or bad, I'm going to reap. Now, a lot of folks, they have in their minds, I'm going, to vote, I'm going to sow bad seed, and then I'm going to pray for crop failure. Doesn't work that way. Never has worked that way. Did you know whether, maybe, you, maybe you've never stopped to think about this, that in many respects, you're a farmer? We're all farmers, aren't we? Not in the physical realm, the natural realm, but we are farmers. And we're sowing seed. That is, we are sowing seed in life. It's either good seed or bad seed. What kind of seed are you sowing? Are you sowing to the flesh? Are you sowing to the spirit? You're sowing something. And so... Paul is saying there are no exceptions, no exclusions. Young people, old people, middle-aged people, doesn't matter. No exceptions. There's a third thing I want you to see, and that is it is an irrevocable law. This law was put in place by God in heaven. The God of heaven put this law in place, and it will remain intact until the end of time. There are three very specific things I want you to see. Number one, you will reap what you sow. You will reap exactly what you sow. Now, listen again to what Paul said. He who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. What does it mean to sow to the flesh? Well, back up and look at chapter 5. Beginning in verse 19, Paul said, Now the works of the flesh are evident or manifest, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, which I told you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Here's what Paul's saying. If you sow to the flesh, you live a life of promiscuity, you live a life of thievery, drunkenness, if you're a divisive person, etc., what Paul is saying is, you're not going to heaven. Why is that? Because that's the kind of seed that you've sown in life. 
Well, what about the flip side? Drop down and look at verse 22. Think about your life as a garden. And here you are, you're the farmer. And you've got the seed and you're out here and you're throwing the seed. And you're either sowing the seeds of the flesh or you are sowing the seeds of the spirit. If you're sowing the seeds of the flesh, then harvest time's going to come. You're going to reap, but you won't like what you reap. But now if you sow to the spirit, you'll be blessed. Listen to him in verse 22. But the fruit of the spirit, that is those who sow to the spirit, Here's what they're sowing. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. I want you to think about the world in which we're living. And think about the vast majority of people are sowing to the flesh. Why is it we have corruption and hatred and murder and division and racial biases and all these other things that are so despicable. You know why? Because that's the kind of seed people are sowing in our world today. Now the flip side of that is our world could change dramatically. You talk about a revolution in our world. You talk about changing the complexion of our nation, of the world in which we live. What if every man, woman, and child was sowing the characteristics of love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Can you imagine how different our nation would be, how different our world would be? But here's the key. You're the farmer. You're the sower. If you want this nation to change, then you've got to sow the right kind of seed. I've got to sow the right kind of seed. We are reaping the bitter harvest of people who have been sowing to the flesh. Go back again and look at the book of Hosea. They had abdicated the will of God, the word of God. As a result of that, there was swearing and lying and killing and stealing and committing adultery. He said they break all restraint. Why was that? Because they didn't want to live for God. They didn't want to live for his word. And so he said, Here's, here is in capsule form the state of the nation. They sow to the wind, they're going to reap the whirlwind. That's exactly where we are today. We've sown to the wind, we're going to reap the whirlwind. So number one, you're going to reap what you sow. Number two, you will reap more than you sow. Think about that. You will reap more than you sow. You ever thought about the abundance of fruit that comes forth from one grain of seed? Now you can look at Galatians 5, 19 through 23 and contrast the works of the flesh and the works of the Spirit and you can see how those who sow to the flesh can reap an abundant harvest. By the same token, those who sow to the Spirit will reap an abundant harvest. The only problem is one is good and one is bad. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Go back with me, if you would, very quickly to 2 Samuel chapter 12. In 2 Samuel chapter 12, we have the account of Nathan the prophet standing before King David 
and telling him a parable. That parable was intended to wake him up to what he had done with Bathsheba. You remember he had had an adulterous relationship with Bathsheba? In an effort to conceal what he had done, he set things in motion so that Uriah the Hittite, her husband, would be killed on the front line of battle. In chapter 11, the Bible says in verse 27 that the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. So, what about reaping more than you've sown? All right, listen if you would to what Nathan said to David. He said, David, you're the man. Thus says, verse 7, thus says the Lord God of Israel, I anointed you king over Israel. I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave you your master's house, your master's wives into your keeping and gave you the house of Israel and Judah. If that had been too little, I would have also given you much more. Why have you despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? You've killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword. You've taken his wife to be your wife and have killed him with the sword of the people of Ammon. I want you to think about this for a minute. David knew the law of God, didn't he? He knew the Ten Commandments. God had said, you shall not murder, Exodus chapter 20. He said, you shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. He said, you're not to covet your neighbor's house nor your neighbor's wife. What did David do? He had Uriah killed. He stole the wife of Uriah. And then he cloaked it so that he could, in his mind, get away with it. He coveted Uriah's wife. Committed adultery. I mean, the list goes on and on. The point is, he sowed a lot of bad seed. So now look at verse 10. Now therefore the sword shall never depart from your house, because you've despised me and have taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your wife. Behold, I will raise up adversity against you. Okay? So David, you're going to reap what you've sown. That's right. But I want you to note he's going to reap more than what he has sown because he said not only will I raise up adversity against you from your own house, I'll take your wives before your eyes and give them to your neighbor. And he shall lie with your wives in the sight of this son. Not only did it impact David, it impacted his family, didn't it? There's a third thing. Not only will you reap what you sow, not only will you reap more than you sow, you will reap later than you sow. How many times do we fool ourselves into thinking, well, I did a lot of bad stuff and I got away with it. I mean, I don't see any adverse problems in my life right now. That may be what we're thinking. Let me tell you what, just because you don't see the effects of what you've been doing in your life right now does not mean that you're not going to reap what you've sown. When I graduated from college, I remember going to work for a company, and there was a gentleman at the time who was about 40. He was very successful at what, what he did. And he had done very well in his business. I remember he talked to me on one occasion, and he said, listen, here's what you need to understand about this business. 
He said, what you do or don't do today will not have a bearing on you today. He said, but what you do or don't do today will have a bearing on you in three months. What he was saying is, if you don't sow seed today, you're not going to have anything to show for it in three months. That's really what he was saying. What I'm trying to say is, is simply this. There are a lot of people that try to fool themselves and think, I'm not going to have to pay for what I've done. It doesn't work that way. Just because you don't see, just because you don't see the results of what you've been sowing, don't, don't think that you can somehow get away with it. It doesn't work that way. No, there is a divine law intact. It is irrevocable. And the bottom line is this. Whatever you sow, you will reap. Now, sometimes people will ask this question. They'll ask, can I be forgiven? You see, sometimes we sow bad seed and the harvest begins to come in and we realize we're in a lot of trouble. The prodigal son was a good example of that. Remember he went out and sowed wild oats, went out into that far country and wasted his substance with riotous living. What happened? The Bible says he hit rock bottom. So in verse 17 of Luke 15, the Bible says he came to himself. That light went off. He realized, you know what? I've sown a lot of bad seed. I've got to step up to the plate and acknowledge what I have done. He went home. And he said, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight and am no more worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired servants. Could he find forgiveness? Yes. Can you be forgiven of what you've done in your life? The answer is yes. We can always be forgiven. But here's what I want you to see. Just because we can be forgiven does not mean that we're not going to have to bear the consequences of what we've sown. Now, it may be the case that because of what we've sown, the nature of what we've sown, the consequences are great. On the other hand, it may be the case that because of what what we've sown, the consequences will be minimal. But for every action, there is a corresponding reaction. Had a conversation with a lady not long ago. And we were talking about an individual that had broken the law in a great way. And is probably facing jail time. And so in my conversation with this lady... She talked about how on this person's website, they had a lot of things to say about God and their relationship with God. Now, as a result of what all had happened in this individual's life. And I said, listen, you need to understand something. We can be forgiven. 
This girl can be forgiven. But you've got to understand, just because you're forgiven doesn't mean you're not going to suffer the consequences to what you've done. You may be forgiven, but still go to jail. Why? Because you broke the law. That's what I want you to see if you're a young person today. I want you to understand you can get out and act like a wild person and do a lot of bad things, and you can suffer the consequences of that. I don't want that to happen. I don't want that to happen to any of us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul wrote to the church at Corinth. And he said that some of them had been living in fornication, idolatry, adultery, homosexuality. Some were thieves. Some were drunkards. Some were extortioners. But in verse 11 he said, And such were some of you. I want to ask this question. I want you to think about it very deeply. Were they forgiven? Yes. But because of what they had done, I'm talking about because of some of the things they had done, were there consequences? You know there were. Some, their reputations stained forever. Some, because of what they had done, no doubt, suffered greatly because they had hurt other people, friends, family members, etc. You reap what you sow. Would you pray with me? Our Father in heaven, we're so thankful for your love and care for us. And Father, we pray that we will sow the right kind of seed in life. Sometimes, Father, we understand that we sow bad seed. And Father, we pray that we would have the heart, the wisdom to choose to sow good seed so that our lives might be blessed and we could be a blessing to others. We ask that you would bless each and every one of us, bless our young people especially, Give them wisdom and the courage to do what's right. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're here today and you're not a Christian, I want to encourage you to come to Christ, believing that Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus said, except you believe that I am He, you'll die in your sins. I would encourage you to do as they did on Pentecost Day when Peter said in the long ago, repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins. If you'll do that, God will add you to the church, Acts 2, verse 47. The assurance is that if you're faithful until death, God will one day crown you, Revelation 2.10. If you're here today and your life's not what it ought to be, maybe, maybe you've been sowing a lot of bad seed, and maybe now you are reaping the harvest of what you've sown. And as a child of God, you realize you need to make things right. Could we pray with you and for you as we stand and sing?